Hello, and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. And I'm Carrie Poppy. And in this episode, we are finally doing... What you want. The one thing people have been asking us to do... Forever. 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 We've been doing the show for five years now. Yes, it's and 2016. Yeah, almost five years. In March, it'll be five whole years. And this is far and away the number one number request one thing. we have received. We've like hinted at it, right? We've mm-hmm. hinted online. We've, um, you made it pretty clear what I we were going to do. made it pretty clear what we had audited. What did we do? We went and finally got... A decent Ouija board. A vintage Ouija board. So that we could contact the spirits... Because last time we tried to do that, it was just a total bust. And we know you've been waiting for it. Mm-hmm. And here, here it, it is. is. Kara, Drew, they're not here. <laughs> We're teasing you. Oh, ridiculous. It's Scientology. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Scientology. It's the number one thing we can ask for. Oh, all the time. All the time. And when are you going to do Scientology? Since year one. Have you done Scientology? I mean, even when I just, even if someone hasn't heard the show and I tell them what we do, they're like, what oh, about yeah. Scientology? Right. I'm like, no, well, we became Mormon. Oh, that's cool. What about Scientology? <laughs> and so there's always this long conversation about wanting to be prepared mm-hmm. and the various aspects of Scientology that make we... people not investigate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's expensive, it's yes. notoriously expensive. And the church is notoriously litigious. Litigious. And there's there's many stories of people being followed and mm-hmm. harassed and mm-hmm. they give yeah. one pause. Yes. Now are they all true? Are they all exactly as said? I don't know. There's only one way to find out. There's only one way. Look it up on Google. <laughs> right. <laughs> you live right down the street from yes. the epicenter of Los Angeles Very Scientology. Close. Definitely walking distance. And we mentioned before that it was right next to the Self-Realization Fellowship mm-hmm. Temple in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Like right next to. And both you and I have been to various Scientology events over the years. Yeah. They're affiliated with an organization that owns the Museum Psychiatry and Industry of Death, yes. which is who one of my favorite places. Oh, you take the cake on that one. Oh, You've yeah. been there. I think it's eight times. Oh, my goodness. It's either seven or eight. I took one first date there. He didn't like it. <laughs> no? Yeah. No, we're is we're this, not together. Is this like a litmus test? Let's see if I, this guy can handle going to the Psychiatry and Industry yeah, of Death Museum. Well, it wasn't. But later I was like, you know what? It's all for the best. Because anyone who walks out of that and is like, traumatized and needs to go to the bar, which was his reaction, which is a reasonable reaction. Mm-hmm. But that person shouldn't be with me. <laughs> Fair point. That's, <laughs> that, that's actually a really good test. Mm-hmm. I've only been there once, but my wife did go with me. Okay. And? I don't think I can say she was convinced. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, we'll definitely have to talk about that and some other experiences from the past. Mm-hmm. But before we tell you all about our latest Scientology investigation, we know a lot of people will be listening to our show for the first time. Hello. Uh, or checking out uh, us because they've been waiting for Scientology. And so we thought it would be important just to kind of state again what the show is all about and what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. Our tagline is, we show up so you don't have to. And of mm-hmm. course, you certainly can show up. If yes. We- 
Yes. If we do anything, you're like, hey, that sounds cool. We encourage you by all means. Totally. Take part. But uh, we learned from our last episode that a lot of our listeners are introverts, so they may not want to show up. That's all right. <laughs> they may want to live vicariously through our- Vicariously. Virosincariously. <laughs> yes. Through our exploits. <laughs> Another question that we get a lot is, you know, how interested are we in these subjects? Uh-huh. And and I think I can truly say that we never feign interest oh, in any of no, these without topics. Without a doubt. Yes. No, well, we genuinely want to know about these things. Oh, yeah. Even more importantly, we very easily would be willing to believe something if we found it convincing. And we did. We both were very religious at one point in our yeah. lives. Both aren't anymore, but not not because we like came to not believe in belief but because we came to not believe in that particular belief. Right. And yeah, I think like both of us would be perfectly happy to join something. And I think if we did, like we'd continue the show. I wouldn't feel weird about doing the show with you if you were Baha'i or whatever. Oh, totally. And and I've told people, you know, if I, uh, let's say I got into Scientology and I became a Scientologist, oh, well, the show would just become kind of an advocacy platform for Scientology. (laughs) Yeah, somewhat. See how many of you we keep. Yeah. But, you know... (laughs) I will follow the truth wherever it leads. And uh, I think both you and I went, so. went through personal discomfort mm-hmm. uh, getting out of our religious backgrounds. Yeah. I'd be willing to do it again. Yeah. At the drop of a hat if if I felt the, the truth was leading me there. And at the same time, like, I don't want to overstate it. It is true that once you've examined a bunch of things, you've been doing it for five years, you've mm-hmm. done 60 investigations, you're starting to think like, oh, you know, maybe the likelihood isn't great that mm-hmm. I will find something that like seems right to me. So there's, you know, there's some of that. I don't want to be unrealistic about it. Yeah. But we try to keep an open mind as much as possible. And one time someone asked me like, has there been any investigation where for a second you were like, huh, maybe this is true? And uh-huh. I was like, people yeah. always want to know that. Oh, and I was like, all of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I really, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of one where I didn't at some point, and I don't even think I have to force it. Just like in my nature, I'll be like, well, maybe it's true. Let's see. Yeah. Let's try looking at the world that way. Yeah. And you put on that yeah, filter. Experiment. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's how I got out of religion to begin with. I had kind of a thought experiment and I, mm-hmm. it just kind of took hold and it made sense all of a sudden. Yes. But I and I love that feeling too. Like all of a sudden, like, oh, I get how you look at the uh-huh. world. Yeah. I love that. Totally. I th- I'm trying to think of one. I'm trying to be like as honest with myself as possible. The one that does come to mind where I was like, eh, it was 9-11 truthers. Like, oh, I'm not sure. sure there was a point where I was like, you've got a point. And, and clearly we have our own biases and sure. I, I would say expectations that we carry into an investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, things that we expect to see uh, a group have answers for. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for certain types of responses that might lead us to think, oh, well, that's pseudoscientific or that's ignoring sure. a large mountain of data. Yeah. We'll weigh heavily against that. But this show is all about us sharing those reasons. Mm-hmm. Now, all that said, now you'll hear us laugh and giggle at a bunch of stuff. And that's just who we are. We think, you know, this is also something about us. I think yeah. like we are able to, to, to experience glee at the same time as we think something is horrifying, but we're also able to experience, I don't know, we're exp- able to experience many things at once. So yeah. I feel like I could respect something and still see the humor in it very easily. And very often the, the humor is situational. You know, just mm-hmm. we find ourselves in... Yeah, a lot of times it's, a, it's about us. <laughs> right. Bizarre situations, <laughs> things that we don't understand. So hopefully the, the humor is not at the expense of anybody who's, who means well. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the show is a, a nice, pleasant combination of entertainment and... <laughs> Education. Yes, indeed. <laughs> very well. A clap, 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 clap. clap, clap. very good. Now that we've patted ourselves on the back. Hey, <laughs> now you know what we're what we're going for here. 
So how did we get started with Scientology? So our last episode was about personality testing. Right. Or personality inventorying, if you prefer. Right. Uh, (laughs) Myers-Briggs. So as we were doing our preparation for that, you said, well, Carrie, come on now. Yeah. We're going to talk about personality testing. There is a group of people that is standing on every corner in LA trying to give you a free personality test. And I was like, no, Ross, no. Because I thought, oh, well, we should like talk to someone in person, face to face. And I just did a web search for personality test Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and the first thing that comes up is the Church of Scientology's website we should do this like you know just for the personality test episode Mm -hmm. and you said all right Mm -hmm. sure so I called the number Uh and they said oh you can show up but let's schedule a time Mm -hmm. I made an appointment for like the next afternoon so they said to come in but they still wanted my name they're asking me how did I find out about this so Mm -hmm. already the questions were coming yeah and we were ready to go into the Scientology building so the Scientology building the one near me anyway, Mm -hmm. is often referred to as Big Blue. It's a very funny shaped building. I never heard them call it Big Blue, but Uh, they call it LA Org. Uh Uh-huh. And it's it's, kind of a Y shape. If you were to look at it as, say, the crow flies. Yes, right. If you were a crow and you looked down at it, you'd have kind of a Y with a T on the top. Like a... Like a... This is getting less distinct. Like a roof. (laughs) Like a roof. With a stick that goes up that's holding like one of those roosters, it's shaped exactly like that. Like a weather vane? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, anyway. I don't think I've looked at it from the sky, but <laughs> yeah, it, it used to be a hospital. Yes. And uh, there are many other hospitals nearby that part of Los Angeles on uh, Sunset Boulevard. And it's a million dollar building. And L. Ron Hubbard Way. They yes. have their own street there named but after. But they don't. I've looked into this and they don't own that street. That is a public street. <gasps> they they paid to have it repaved and restored. Ah. Uh, and they said to the city, if you call it L. Ron Hubbard Way, we'll pay for everything. Ah. And so the city went for it but that's interesting because i have been asked to leave that street and had to say no no this is a public street Uh, uh, uh. Mm -hmm. that was for just a previous article i wrote i looked up like all the property holdings of scientology in la interesting it's not asphalt like they've done this kind of cobblestone thing yeah, right. Oh, they, the street, co- yes. they cobbled it together. Yes. But it looks very nice. So yeah, we just showed up. I think we had parked at your place and then just walked down yep. there. Uh, there was a sign out front saying free personality testing. Mm-hmm. So they encouraged people to come in off the streets. Yeah. So we did. You walk in, there's a big parking lot. It's a bright blue building. It says Scientology, big and clear on the front of it. Clear. Uh, as you walk in, it's really nicely designed. Like there's a lobby area. It's uh-huh. a big, tall, vaulted ceiling. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's nice. Everything's kind of like, polished steel mm-hmm. and lots of hints of gold sharp angles mm-hmm. and and there's like these racks of books that are all the same book uh-huh, right. <laughs> and so you mostly Dianetics. Giant bookshelf, yeah, and there will be a whole bookshelf of say the problems of work or one for Dianetics. The cause of suppression, which I have right here, or the way to happiness, or Carrie and I are the sur- components of understanding. <laughs> we are both completely surrounded by Scientology literature. So much. Because let me tell you up front, if you Go visit the Scientologists. You will walk away with literature, DVDs to watch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or CDs to listen to. They're giving you lots of material. Both, oh, yeah. Both for free and paid. Yeah, it's interesting because like, I had to pay for one of these. The components of understanding was $5, mm-hmm. but they'll give you like tons of free DVDs. 
I don't know which one's costlier to make, but it's strange. Uh, we walked up. There's there's a desk there. A woman who was looking at us pretty intensely, I'd mm-hmm. say. And we walked up. Young lady, uh, and she's wearing very young. I remember uh, wearing like a three piece suit. Yeah. So a lot of the people who work there, and a lot of the Scientologists around LA, have this sort of uniform. It's like this. Dark, dark, dark blue, three-piece outfit. That's a very, very, very dark blue. Vest, na- navy. I just thought it was black. But Oh, oh yeah, it's blue. It's like very dark navy. Oh, okay. Uh, navy pants and then like a navy uh, coat if they have it on. Which we quickly learned is the mark of the Sea Org. Right. Those individuals are, they have signed the billion-year contract mm-hmm. and they are members of the Sea Org. And so, yeah, she greeted us. Ah, what are you here for? And Oh, I signed up for the personality test. Said, well, do you know about Scientology? Right. And then we're both like, oh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, everybody knows about Scientology. Sure. That's what I said. Like, how would you not know about Scientology? Uh So, well, what have you heard? Yeah, I know. They immediately, like, want you to tip your hand if you've heard anything negative, I think. Is like yeah. And what what are you supposed to say at that point? Like, boy, people well, say you guys are pretty like you know nutty. controlling yeah. and manipulative. I watched Going Clear on HBO. Anybody <laughs> can I go in the back? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is this just their filter to get rid of people quickly? Yeah, uh, I thought of it as like they want you to bring it out so they can immediately be like, well, do you believe everything you hear? And go through that kind of rigmarole to clear your mind of it. Okay, we did definitely hear people say that sort of thing yeah. later. But yeah, at that point, we're just like, yeah, we've heard of it. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I said, oh, I'd like to learn more uh uh-huh, sure they conducted us back there's a hallway that comes right off of the main area right and back to the right as you go down the hallway there's a door to the right and then you're in this area where we spent most of the rest of the day right <laughs> <laughs> and there's a big sign that says registration yeah. so right away you're like well, am i registering for something Because they don't mean to be registering for something. That's a good point. I didn't even think about (laughs) that. Uh, But they handed us our personality tests, Uh and they set us down to the far right of that room. Mm -hmm. Across from each other so that we wouldn't cheat. Yeah. What did you get on your personality? (laughs) Question number 17. (laughs) And it was 200 questions, almost like a Scantron, where there's three bubbles for each question. Yes. And one is a plus, and one is an M and one is a minus. Oh, remind me, what was M for? I, I assume medium. Oh, uh-huh. Like somewhere in between. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, you know what? I think it was maybe because they were worded like, you know, I Oh yeah. I believe in hope. Uh, maybe. Some of the questions were like, are you friendly in voice, attitude, and expression? Does life seem rather vague and unreal to you? Uh, maybe. Can you make a calculated risk without too much worry? Maybe. It's like if anyone were answering these honestly, everyone would just be like, M, 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 M. Sometimes this, sometimes that. Yeah. And it's very On much. a good day. Yep. Like we were talking about our other personality test. You know, mm-hmm. it's, um, you, you could go either way depending on the situation. Totally. But they were asking you just to kind of reflexively respond, not think about it too much. Yeah. Which you do better than I did. Thank you. I, yeah, I tore through that thing. Yeah, it took you like maybe 25 minutes which is a long time, uh-huh. but it took me about 45 minutes. You were already on to the other test. And Which, we'll get to that. There are other tests, what? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, you come in for a personality test and you stay for... Three, you take three total tests. Uh-huh. They did give us water, which is nice. Yeah. And the, at first they were like, would you like some water? And I'm like, oh, no, because I thought this is going to be quick. And then by like test two, I was like, you know what? Actually... <laughs> Let's revisit the water question. Yeah, I didn't know I'd be here an hour and a half. I started as a minus. I went to an M, but now I'm definitely (laughs) plus on the water question. So yeah, we took that. And then I knew that there was another test coming because they handed it to you. 
Right. And it was an IQ test. Yeah, an IQ test. And they hey. and they try to like play it off in a strange way. They were like, Oh, just real quick, there's one other thing to like make sure the answers are accurate. And here's like and that. here's a stopwatch for you to let you know how much time you have left. Wait, what? And they give you half an hour to take it. Right. Uh, so yeah, you launched right into that and you were already done with that by the time I finally finished my personality <laughs> test uh-huh. and was ready to take oh, that. Oh yeah, I think I was like openly picking on you at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like a good classmate. Oh, and we- Ross is still doing his test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Carrie gets very competitive about these things <laughs> and she was winning big time. Uh, oh, we neglected- But then you did better on the IQ test, so. <laughs> yeah. The, the but I have a better personality. <laughs> paid off in that respect. Oh, neglected to mention the, the personality test or the Oxford Oxford capacity yes. analysis test. Oh, let me get mine out. Which I knew didn't have anything to do with Oxford University, me but too. I can't remember where it was from. I set up a woman that I talked to later. Uh-huh. I asked her, Oxford, is that anything to do with the college, the uh-huh. university? Said, oh, yeah, they make this. <laughs> okay. Turns already out already knew that was true. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Yeah. And then we take the IQ test and they're asking questions like, uh, the moon is related to the earth as the earth is to, and then you get like, A, Venus, B, clouds, C, the sun, D, the stars, E, the universe. Or like some little logic question like, Bill is older than Harry and Harry is older than George. And therefore, is Is this true? Bill older than George? Logic questions, a little pattern completion test. Like other IQ tests I've taken. It was. There there were a couple where I was really annoyed with the wording. So I felt like, okay, I'm pretty sure you mean X, but you could mean Y. Mm -hmm. Which always like makes me really annoyed because I'm like, you're going to then grade this on like your personal interpretation of these words. Yes. Which like just drives me bad. Totally. So I was getting real mad and I like marked, I was like, I'm just going to mark all the ones that I disagree with. And if I get this wrong, then I'll know that it is because I disagreed with them. And I was like <laughs> marking like six or seven of them. And by the time I got to like nine, I was like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there were that many that you had and an issue with. It was enough for me to give up that project. Okay. They hand us each a separate, a third. Yeah. And then they test. just sneak it in. So again, like there's no like, okay, and FYI, there will be another one after this. You finish number two and they come and they're like, and another quick one. And by this time you don't trust them. You're like, there's going to be six more tests, <laughs> right, right. aren't there? And I've forgotten the word that they used for it. It was something vague, but I'm calling it the compliance test. <laughs> it was the aptitude test. <laughs> oh, yes. You're right. Okay. Thank you. Aptitude. <laughs> test yeah this is why there's two of us i'm more apt uh you are i did turn out to be measurably more apt yes yeah so in this one the clock counts up so somehow your score is kind of measured against the time you. yeah this one do it as quickly as you can so you do it as quickly as you can and then you hit the button which is like so oh my gosh it made me like in this crazy like racehorse space you know Uh like ah it has to be done it has to be done it has to be done click yeah and you did yeah i saw you like powering through that and then when i did it i don't know i just i can't get myself into that kind of frenzy uh, so okay. yeah i'm doing it yeah, uh-huh. all right one at a time yeah uh-huh. sure okay and done oh see you should get an anxiety disorder <laughs> oh maybe i should uh, essentially it was like the questions were now write your name on the left hand margin and then underline the vowels in your name or uh-huh. stuff like that but your compliance if you will is 69.4 69.4 <laughs> like, uh, okay Wh- mine was 79.5 so jeez yeah now is it a scale on one to a billion who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might both be very unhappy. But clearly, Carrie is far more compliant. But I believe you had an 11-point higher IQ score. Hey, I all right. I think. Yeah, 147. Yeah, I think mine was 136. Oh, man. IQ scores. 
Usually yeah. people who want to tell you their IQ scores are in the midst of being obnoxious. Oh, sure. So I, what we just did. I like never want to talk about it. But it's interesting because, you know, for whatever faults it may have had, it's consistent with other IQ tests I've taken in the past. Yeah, fair 147 enough. sounds about right. I took the Mensa IQ test once. I didn't get in, right? You have to be in the top 2% and I was Ooh. in the top like 9 or whatever. But I remember literally saying I should be disqualified because as I <laughs> stood up from the Mensa test, I smashed my head into a chandelier. Oh, no! <laughs> It's like, well, I deserve not to be That would be kind of funny if they booby-trapped it that way, so like you could instantly disqualify. Like, no, no, ma'am. You're a liability. That's hilarious. So we wait around for them to figure out our results. And each time it's like a different person in their Sea Org suit coming over to grab something from us and hand us something. So we met a bunch of people this way. But then they split us up and each of us got a little counselor to kind of walk us through our results. Right. My gentleman, I'll call him Mike, sure. pulled me over to one of the desks. And this is where it felt already very much like a timeshare presentation. Oh, so much. It's so like, listen... If you don't go, I know I've put us both in an awkward situation, but if you don't yes. go along with this, then it's going to hurt me too. Exactly. So if and you could just I, do me this solid man. And I know I'm pushing the bounds of kind of normal personal yes. interaction, but but if you want to call me on it, then you're kind of a jerk. Right, right. There can only be one asshole in this room and I've chosen that it's me, so <laughs> yeah. That said, I like Mike. Yeah, actually, it somehow gets all out across in the nicest way. Yeah, they give us like a little packet with the results and so there's this chart here, and it says on the top, OCA, Oxford Capacity Analysis. And it's... It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a line graph. So there's 10 columns of various personality traits uh-huh. organized from top to bottom. So like, for example, the first one is stable at the top and unstable at the bottom. And for some reason on the bottom, it says unstable dispersed. All right. And I was busy kind of analyzing how well those terms matched up with each other. Mm-hmm. Happy, depressed, fine. Okay. Composed, nervous... Okay. All right. Certainty, uncertainty, active, inactive, aggressive, inhibited, responsible, irresponsible, correct estimation, critical. Mm, Yeah, I think that was one I got (laughs) hung up on for a bit. Appreciative, lack of accord, calm level, withdrawn. He explained to me later that like the right side of the graph is all about your interaction with others and the left side yes. is about yourself and the middle is about your work situation. But what's this little cloud thing? She never really explained that Ah, to me. he did explain the cloud. The cloud just means that you're kind of ambivalent. You have variation for that okay. particular thing. You're not always constant. Then there's these numeric values along the y-axis. And so there's kind of zero in the middle and it goes to plus 100 at the top and then negative 100 at the bottom. And then in the middle, running across all of these columns is a band of light gray and then dark gray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's like, I think, indicating like, oh, you're in trouble if you're down in these colors. Right? Yeah, the, the light gray was acceptable, but like, like uh-huh, it could be better. Right. The darker gray was attention is desirable. And then if you dip below that, oh boy. Uh, I don't think I had any in the actual dark gray, but you know what? We dipped in the exact same place. Oh, interesting. The responsible. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we're both not responsible. That's funny. But I really had a problem with, I kind of knew why that happened. I'm not saying I'm like perfectly responsible or anything. It might be my weakness. But there were a bunch of questions about whether you're impulsive 
Mm. that were worded in such a way that I was like, this could just mean like, yeah. you go with the flow. You're like, oh, it's Sunday. Hey, you know what? Let's take a drive to the beach. It seems like they'd be like, uh, uh, uh. Oh, totally. And I had that conversation with my guy mm. where he even said to me, like when we got to call him G, you are irresponsible. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's how he like started that uh, conversation. Wouldn't like, it be great to just keep responding like, so are you? <laughs> <laughs> Same <laughs> as like, you. Just pull out a chart and be like, here. So is your mom. This is your mom's chart. So is your butt. <laughs> just see how long it takes them to kick you out. And so like he went off of this. He was saying, well, you blame other people instead of taking responsibility. I was like, mm, I want to say that's okay. my problem. He also asked me if I was impulsive and reckless. And that's, yeah. oh no, well, if there's something wild to be done, like, oh, who wants to climb to the top of the steeple and paint the cross? I'll be like, uh-huh. me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but if it's something that would actually like put me in danger, I'm not going to do that. Because uh-huh. he was trying right. to say like, you're at high risk right. for well, auto you accidents. gamble your savings. And that was one of my lowest scores. Yeah, I'm, I'm below the zero line on that. I just dipped under zero. If I recall, I like, I might have barely gotten into the dark, but I don't think so. I think that one I just dipped here. And so mm. my lady was having so much trouble oh. and I and I wasn't bending you know I was like kind of enjoying that she was having trouble so just being like huh no it doesn't resonate with me hmm and so she was just like climbing <laughs> all over this pause. thing yeah being like well um hmm, okay well you went down just a little bit in you know calm level do you feel like you can't communicate no not at all I'm a writer oh okay um <laughs> hmm, all right uh hmm, active oh no that's hot you know like she's having so much trouble like figuring out what to complain about because right. they need something to complain about yes. to send you to go take a class that's an important setup yeah my guy was kind of systematically going through one at a time and telling me, you know, either good things about me, Uh you know, he'd say something really nice about me. Like, you are empathetic. You can put yourself in other people's shoes. I was like, well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm imagining what it's like for you to say that. And thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because the 11th column is your IQ. And that also gets ranked along Ah. the same numeric scale. And it's funny, it feels like for all these other traits, they're kind of saying where you are brilliant or uh, not so brilliant. Yikes. And I even said that to him. He's like, yeah, kind of. Yikes, all right. Yeah. So you're like real dumb when it comes to responsibility. Yes, very irresponsible. And he told me I am irresponsible. And then I am unstable. Yeah, he told me you are unstable. Okay. And we learned something later that makes me think he should be a little careful about saying things like you are unstable. Why? Could form a negative engram. Oh! you're right you're right (laughs) we'll get to that you're right um (laughs) especially if you had been knocked out unconscious yeah (laughs) just closed your eyes then he's like oh no i shouldn't have said that we're gonna take care of that but we went through all of these and and like you're saying he's looking for some area where i need improvement right and i was thinking back to taking the test itself and you know you don't want to sing all these praises about yourself sure you want to admit you have flaws and so it would ask this and be like oh well that's not always true for me i'll say right maybe or medium Uh and and then you realize the implications it has it makes you look unstable Uh and yeah i mean like they'll take anything i remember when i was talking to my lady i was like okay i was really trying to be honest with myself about all this stuff and there was one question where i was like Oh, yeah, like, I think that's that's a fault I have, which mm-hmm. was like overextending yourself to the point that you disappoint other people. You tell people you can do things and you just like cannot fulfill them. Yes. And that is something that I've had to like get better at. Mm-hmm. But if I honestly like appraise myself, I have to be like, yeah, no, that's sure. And so she was like so excited that there was a thing. And then I'm like, but actually, something to work on. Yeah. But I was like, actually, you know, it's something that, as you can see, I've recognized 
so I've been able to work on, so it's getting better. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, then, and she's like, oh, well, uh, we have a class to make that even better. Uh, okay. What well, do you know what the class was that she was recommending? Yes. They wanted me to take, I think it was the communications course that they start everybody with. So then she escorted me over to another guy who we'll call Roger. Roger. I talked to Roger for a bit and he was like, oh, you don't need that. You don't need that. You know what you need is uh, a class on relationships. Because huh. I know your relationship's going really well, but it might not always. <laughs> so you should what? you should build it up now while it's because it's still a young relationship. Build a, it up now, okay, so that if you hit any problems, you know how to deal with them. What a weird tack to take. I know, very odd. Huh. I listened to his whole thing, and then I was like, okay, you know, I think I want to sleep on it. And he was like, how's this going to be different tomorrow? Oh, yes. And I said, well. I, I think I overheard a little bit of that. I kept wanting to hear your conversation, uh, but then uh, I would lose track of what the person I was talking to was saying. So oh, like, right. That happened to me once. Darn, I can't too. hear what Carrie's saying. just nodding at someone. <laughs> <laughs> idea. Yeah, so I said, uh, well, actually, because I had just read this. I was like, there's actually like a recent sleep study that showed that like you actually think about things better when you give yourself enough time to not think about it. Ah, uh, ideally, you're in like research. Yeah, ideally to sleep. Like when we sleep, like our brain restores itself. So it helps you funnel those things well and analyze them. And, and people... you can, yeah, subconsciously be working out a problem. Yep. So he goes, so what? Some scientists just like got together one day and they were like, oh, we're going to say that you should sleep on things. Well, Roger, is that how you think science works? <laughs> and at first I was starting wow, to say... Wow, he said that. Yeah. Madness. And at first I was sort of nodding and then I was like, no, no, <laughs> what? No. Um, and then like I find myself explaining, like blinding. I'm like, some scientists got together and they got 30 people and they got those people to try to figure something out. And then they had to sleep. And then these 30 other people, they couldn't sleep. And then there were these people who didn't do either thing. And then they all had to decide on things. And then these people felt like they made good decisions. These people felt like they didn't. And I'm just like explaining the scientific method to him. Well done. I'm sure that helped Roger. Thanks. He got real frustrated. Did he? Yeah. And then you are not doing what I want you to do. Right. And then he was like, well, I mean, if you really feel that way, like we'll make a better decision tomorrow. But I think it's good to make a strong, assertive decision. And I was like, oh, well, she told me I'm impulsive. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at you. You're and, uh, your previous interview. So he, ammunition. Uh, he was like, well, OK, how about just buy this book, The Components of Understanding? It's only a five dollar investment. And I, and I just wanted to get oh out of there. Oh, my goodness, yeah. And um, I, know. I had brought cash because I didn't want to give them my credit card with my info. So, uh, Clever. So I was like, sure, I have $5. And then and he looked real disappointed. And he mm. was like, oh, it's five forty because of tax. And I was like, I have 40 cents. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, well, well done. Yeah, I noticed they use a lot of leading questions. Like, people change, right? <laughs> and what yeah. are you going to say? Like, no, no, they never change. Uh -uh. So, so you agree, say yes, but you have no idea where they're going with that sure. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that my woman who I talked to after uh, Mike kind of did that same thing. It's kind of like that trick that evangelicals do where it's like, are you a good person? Yeah. Uh -huh. well, do you ever steal? Yeah. Well, what do you what do you call someone who steals things? A thief. A, a thief. So. Oh, have you? Have you ever lied? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so you... you're a thief and you're a liar and you're a murderer in your heart. <laughs> you still think you're a good person? Yeah. Yeah, and and I feel that setup happening. It's like I don't like this. 
Yeah. Stop uh-huh. setting me up. Uh-huh, totally. Uh, so yeah, my thing, the main one I was complaining about was that I have so many projects going on all the time and I'm a productive person, but I'll put off like really big, important things uh-huh. and do a bunch of small, less important things to, to get feel the feeling busy. of accomplishment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like mentally in the background, I'm kind of fretting over these bigger uh-huh. things, but like putting them off for some uncertain future, at which, you know, I'll be able to handle it better uh-huh. or I'll understand sure. it better. So yeah, that was a legitimate concern. Sure. So he knew exactly how to fix what ails me. And that was for me to take the personal efficiency course. Oh, all right. So follow me, Ross. And so he leads me over to, we'll call her Sarissa. Okay. I have to say, now that we have spent much time with many Scientologists, I'd say she was the lowest energy Scientologist I met. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe maybe a little lower on the tone scale. I don't know. But, mm. you know, she's just kind of, you know, doing this because, you know, someone told her to do it. And, uh-huh. Oh, so you want to take the personal efficiency course okay well um There's nothing wrong with doing that all right yeah it was just that kind of cadence uh, to everything she was saying that definitely would stick out there exactly yeah because everybody else is so you know assertive and high energy and and scientology is all about taking control and yeah being in control of the situation we did meet one other person like that later on she started giving me a pitch on this personal efficiency seminar which i realized later like was so silly because I, I said right from the beginning, like, yeah, I'd be interested in that course. Uh-huh. It's like she'd already made the sale and she went uh-huh. on for over half an hour uh, <laughs> describing the class to me that I had already said I would take. Oh, no, convincing you to not take it. Yeah, and, th- and this is going to be another recurring theme, which is at a Scientology building, anyone you go to, they will take up all of your time and then some. Uh-huh, oh, totally. And if you go in expecting, well, I'll, I'll say for this personality test inventory thing that we did, I ended up being there for two and a half hours oh wow and you left while i was still talking to yeah, her yeah i had to go to something but you were there for like two hours yeah mm-hmm. at least anyway so she was starting to tell me about the book the problems of work and she'd pulled out a copy of it and she's opening it up and showing me things and she was very complimentary she was saying like oh well you read a lot that's why you're so smart i mean wow look at you mm-hmm. that's really cool you'll learn this a lot faster than other people oh wow so buttering me up with that kind of stuff uh-huh. and it was funny she started out kind of summing up the book in her head she's like well uh, 80% of life is work. Saying, oh, okay. Wow, that's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, and how, what does that mean? It's like so yeah. impossible to nail down that you're just like, okay, uh-huh. Turns out that was wrong. The book starts out with 70% of life is work. Uh-huh. So whew, thanks, L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> but like what counts as work, for example? Uh, just asserted. Wait, I've got to find... I mean, if you get eight hours of sleep even, then two-thirds of your life. I said that to her. I said like, oh, so that's your waking hours, uh-huh. I presume. Well, it says it like right here in the jacket. <clears throat> life is composed of seven-tenths work, one-tenth familial, one-tenth political, and one-tenth relaxation. Is this your L. Ron Hubbard or your Nixon? You know, it's my modified L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> I have to get into the cadence to do my L. Ron it's Hubbard. It's pretty good. I'll get there eventually. It's, it's a little Nixon-y. Oh, yeah, no, that, you're right. That's a little, t- little too much cheek there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shoot, I'd have to listen to him again. I had a pretty good Hubbard going the other day. So, uh, yeah, immediately it's like, okay, you're just saying life is this percentage. Uh-huh. Well, obviously not for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the ideal? Uh-huh. And he's just stating it. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, if he says... Some people are inactive. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. They're doing some work that's just not useful or... Oh, I have no idea. Goodness. Yeah, you could you could parse that so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, the subtitle of the book is Scientology Applied to the Workaday World. Excellent. <laughs> and I love these little terms that he throws in there. A new slant on life. Uh-huh. He says everything like he's landing on the moon for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a very good description yeah. for it. It's funny, though. I, I think it was just a result of the times because he was writing these in the early 50s. Uh-huh. Uh, I think this particular book was 57. Oh, yeah. Very like uh, The Wonders of Chemistry. I'm reading like a book right now on kind of the history of Disney animation. Uh-huh. And I noticed that Walt and the other men, and it's always the men of the studio, sure. uh, talked in very much the same manner. Uh-huh. You see, the thing for the artist is, is that he needs to learn to be the master of his subject. Uh-huh. And I have complete certainty and what he is to do. You know, it's just a different way of talking. The cuts and they're like, I got to take a piece. (laughs) (laughs) And and I feel Scientology, you know, since every word is from L. Ron Hubbard, there's no like co-authors on anything. Right. Uh, I feel like they're just kind of locked in that language. And so you get funny little phrases like workaday world. Mm -hmm. It's a new slant on life. There are some words they use that I know the meaning of and Mm -hmm. I think I know what you mean by it but it's just a little off. Absolutely. But um, we'll get into that more when we talk about reading the books. Right. So you signed up for the course. Yeah. Okay, so what, 50 bucks? Yeah, finally, they kind of led me over to the desk. Oh, the real tough sell was just on scheduling this because mm. they wanted me to take the class right then. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're like, oh, okay, so so let's Come get the, back. Let's get the course started. And I was like, um, oh, well, actually, I'm going to a friend's party. And you'd left to go to that same party. And they're like, oh, well... Parties always start late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. But I, I still got to go home and get my wife. And uh-huh. at this point, there's another woman who's come to join. Uh, I'll call her Lexus. Uh, and so she's joined the conversation. And, and yeah, she's asking, well, what kind of party is it? Oh, well, you know, I'm describing it a little bit. And she's like, <laughs> it's like friends, they stand, summer, <laughs> summer sitting. And, and it was just this constant thing like, oh, well, uh, I can't do it tomorrow because, you know, I'm going to an event at 11 o'clock. Well, is it something you really have to be at? Well, yeah, I told people I'd be there, so I, I should be there. And my responsibility's okay. low, so... Okay, so what are you doing after that? Um, all right, well, and I'm telling them in detail. And starting to get annoyed, like, you don't deserve to know all this information. Well, I don't have that same kind of response, I think, as most people do. I'm like Mr. Open Book, so uh-huh. I'm telling them all about my schedule. Okay, well, I'm doing yeah. this. Then I call my dad, and, uh, <laughs> okay, well, what are you doing after that? Oh, well, geez, well, I've got to work on this thing for work. And, and so I'm, I'm looking at my calendar, and I keep a very busy calendar, and saying, like, well, I would be available Thursday. We could do Thursday night. This is Saturday now. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, that's not good enough. We need you back sooner and then i realized that's the day star wars opened so i can't do it thursday something important (laughs) finally they agreed like okay well why don't you come in tomorrow at 9 a.m because we open at nine and then you can do like the first hour and a half of the class because it's a two and a half hour class why are they making such a big deal out of this for a two and a half hour class but i don't have any two and a half hour blocks yeah i know but Jesus, calm the fuck down. <laughs> right. And and you would think, oh, this is a class they hold every now and then. Let me know the regular schedule for it. Yeah. No, they just want to teach it to me personally. Right. Whenever. Right now. Yeah, right now. And you wonder, you have to wonder. I think I was starting to have this thought then, but it definitely got confirmed later. You get the impression that these people like have skin in the game. That if mm. she takes you back there and she's the one who walks you into the room, that somehow that gets tallied and she gets money or credit or brownie points or whatever. Yes. And she's just like, please let it be me. We found out that that is true. And in fact, I earned some of these points myself <laughs> yes, later. Yes, you did in the form of money. <laughs> yeah. So so clearly there is an incentive for them to yeah. get you signed up and be the one oh, who for sure. gets With the that, commission. But I think it might be even more intricate than that. I mean, I'm uh, sure whoever signs you up 
before the course and gets your money, like get something. Mm -hmm. But I think there might even be like some intricate, you know, system where it's like, well, she spent the 20 minutes with Ross that convinced him to do it. She was there overseeing it. You know, I just. That might explain why she drew out an explanation of this course that. Oh, maybe. That Sarissa really didn't need to. I mean, this is total speculation, but I wouldn't. Sure. Yeah. But there is definitely an incentive program there. Yeah, for sure. One hilarious or really odd moment uh, with Sarissa was that she asked me at one point, are you 100% American? What? And I said like, "Uh, I mean... Yeah, I'm. I yeah, I was born here. I'm definitely, uh-huh. you know, go America. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> do know how to I respond. Support to that. the troops. What? How would I? How would I be eighty percent America? Like, do I have uh, dual citizenship? Uh-huh. And she's like, Oh no, it's just something I don't see very often. <laughs> what does what? that mean? What are you saying? Like, do they get? Does people? she just mean are you totally white? Is that what she's going for? Maybe. I mean, which would be racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe like uh, they get people who don't speak English that well. Uh-huh. Oh, maybe. Or, okay. I don't know. Still, it could be American. At one point, I did say Gesundheit to someone who sneezed <laughs> and she said, what's that? She didn't know. Ah. And Roger joined in and helped out. Oh, yes, that is something very commonly said uh, by people, but it is a German phrase. It means help. Thank you, Roger. Roger's clear, so he remembered that with perfect recall. Perfect recall. I, You know, I got to say, right off the bat, I like Roger. I like Roger, too, but he's a weirdo. I'll, I'll concede that point. Yeah. Uh, I, I like him because he explained things to us most thoroughly, I think, of all oh, the people we sure. met. Without a doubt. But he also isn't sure if we are joking. And then when he realizes we are joking, he's just sort of like, I'll allow it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Yeah. And just politely wait for us to finish giggling at each other's joke and then proceed with the sentence. There was a later conversation (laughs) where I was definitely just, I don't know, I was feeling goofy and I was making all kinds of jokes. So anyways, they they kind of badgered me until I agreed. Okay, okay, fine. I'll come back tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. And uh, take the first half of this course. Now, I just want to say something real quick, Ross. Okay. Some of our listeners might be like, um, how are they going to fit this all in one episode? Don't worry. It's going to be a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah. This is a multi-parter. Yeah. I apologize in advance. Oh, no prob. But actually, you know what? While we're hanging on, you know what I love? Websites? Did you know, Ross? That Ono, Ross, and Carrie is supported in part by Squarespace, the simplest way to capture your passion with a beautiful website. I did, because if there's an idea or project that you're itching to show the world about, you should. With Squarespace's simple tools and captivating templates, showcasing your hard work is the easy part. That's what I say, Ross, personally. I agree. And uh, we've used Squarespace ourselves for onopodcast.com. Uh, yeah, for our website that we've had going on five years now. That's right. And if you guys want to try Squarespace, it's a great service. It's a really great way to, especially if you're just kind of like not You're not like, super. I want to get into like professional web design. Yeah. But if you are a professional web designer, there's plenty of ways for you to get in it and script it and make it do everything you want it to. Surely. But it's great for people who want a professional looking website, mm-hmm. uh, but easy setup. Yep. So start your free trial today. You can visit squarespace.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O. And you should. Squarespace. Squarespace. So I paid $50 for mm-hmm. the course on Saturday evening and uh, used my credit card. And okay. uh, they had me filling out forms already. Did Did you ever fill out any forms that first day? Because it seems like they're always finding so. excuses for you to write first and last name, address, phone number, yes. email. I think they had us do it in the lobby first. In all the times I have been to various Scientology buildings, I'm sure I have filled out all of that same information at least 15 times. Oh, yeah. 
easy. Definitely. Yeah, and I gave we gave our real first and last names. Yep. And I've got to say, we've been talking about Scientology for a long time. People have been asking us. I half expected them to have like pictures of us in the lobby behind the desk mm-hmm. and be like, you people, go. I know. Yeah, I really thought like, okay, we'll get in for one day and then they might just Google us immediately because they seem like they're pretty on their game with that stuff. Yeah, and hypersensitive to criticism right. and to, to people trying to kind of get an inside scoop. And dude, they asked me my profession. And at this point, I didn't want to say journalist. I was just afraid that would like set off a light in someone's head. So I said, also an honest description. I said, I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And still, they didn't You were paid me. as a writer. Yeah, yeah. amazing. That weirded me out, too, because both of us have such full lives that we can talk about many things that we do other than the podcast. Yeah, it's true. And so, you know, my main profession is I work in animation. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that twice in the first day. This is an interesting point, though. Mm. Shooting forward into the next day when I came back for my class, I was talking with Ben. I'll call him my instructor. And he was talking to me about my work a little bit. And I know, absolutely know, I was very careful about this. I never said that I work at Disney. Mm-hmm. But then at one point, I said something about the Disney Family Museum because right. he's from San Francisco. And he said, so how long have you been at Disney? And I never said that. So either he was just assuming like animation and I said something about the Disney Family Museum, I mm-hmm. must be working for Disney. Mm-hmm. Or I thought at that moment, like, uh-oh, they've uh-huh. done a Google search. Right. And first search that will come up, you know, is about, all about the podcast. Is the Disney Family Museum open to everybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's no one who works there works in animation. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, either he was just making that jump or he'd actually look that up. Which seems unlikely, right? I mean, if you Google either of us, the podcast is the top result, if not they do seem, second or third. Scientology does seem very intent on getting, like, well-placed people. They want to brag about their members. True. Having, you know, very influential roles so maybe they went just straight to imdb or something to see what i've worked on okay maybe i don't know and and i don't know what their situation is in terms of access to the internet yes so that's a whole thing we didn't experience this firsthand but Mm -hmm. other people have reported on people not being allowed to access the internet and look up criticism of the church and we even saw they have it printed in multiple places in fact i have it in one of my books here the code of a scientologist As a Scientologist, I pledge myself to the Code of Scientology for the good of all. There's 10 of them, but the first one is to hear or speak no word of disparagement to the press, public, Mm -hmm. or pre-clears concerning any of my fellow Scientologists, our professional organization, or those whose names are closely connected to this science. Yeah, I've read that too. So the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. (laughs) Totally. It feels like that. Yeah. Have you seen that mimetic tweet where that guy was like, I loved, (laughs) such a dumb joke, but it's so funny. I loved Fight Club, showed up last night a little late, missed the rules, but I can't say no (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's genius. Recommend it to everybody. Yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. My so, so yeah, they're not supposed to look at materials that might be potentially negative about Scientology. And you know what's interesting about that? Many things. But one thing is that Janet Reitman wrote a book called Inside Scientology that I have here. Ooh, and I, I read I, that one. Oh, you did? Okay, I never finished it. As you can see, I've got to finish. But she did a talk at the Center for Inquiry where we both met. Mm-hmm. And the person interviewing her said... 
is anyone here a practicing Scientologist? Very warmly like that. Mm -hmm. And one person raised their hand (gasps) and they said, we're glad you're here. That's great. Uh, And then there was no more mention of it. But then I wondered later, like, that's really interesting. So they considered themselves practicing. Yeah, but you're breaking the code of a Scientologist. But could that mean then they were higher up and they're sort of allowed? Because someone has to be doing monitoring, right? Right. Someone who's kind of like, all right, we trust you. You are, Mm -hmm. you know, well-established enough that you can go look at these critical things and remark upon them. But then it seems like if they were higher up, they'd know like, well, don't share that you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just wondered what was up there. Hmm. So I showed up the second day and I had already, they'd given me a shrink wrapped book the problems of work, and like a little packet. I was all prepared with my materials. You're showing me them now? Yeah. Um, Let let me give my first impressions here. Okay, what does it look like to you? (laughs) What what do you see, Carrie? (laughs) I see a guy in like the gears of a ship or something. Yeah. Like he's in like a very industrial setting with lots of gears. There's a long room with like, I don't know, maybe a furnace behind him or something because yeah. there's light coming out of it. Yeah, and he's kind of standing there. It's like a Caspar David Friedrich painting where he's, uh, oh, yeah. you know, like confidently in the foreground looking away from you. So you yeah. are like that man. His and, hand on his hip. And are you just a cog in the machine? Are you? And that, that really is one of the prime metaphors of the book. Oh, I see. Yeah. Don't and, just be a cog. And it's definitely, I mean, if you covered up the names, I would 100% still know this is a Scientology book. They all have the same saturation of the colors. Yeah. I think that's the constant there. And yeah, yeah similar designs, like kind of uh, one primary focus item in the center and then something kind of mystical, like there's like some uh-huh. effects going on, something glowing. Yes, Things going out of focus, but then they're, you know, the thing that you're supposed to look at is in focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This one is brown. This is actually like a pretty slim volume. Mm-hmm. 124 pages. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. But well, tell me, Ross, before you spill the beans, did you at least get anything out of this? Do you feel like it was good in any way? I will say yes. There are some helpful kind of heuristics, little kind of rules of thumb. Okay. That I think if you kind of carried into life would be helpful. Okay. And and like there are some rules where I'm like, sure, if I did that, that would be good. But they're not actually insightful. Yes. Okay. We've got that as well. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay got it. Yeah. And then the, the booklet that came with it is uh, Personal Efficiency Course. So that's what I'm okay. taking. And it's got papers inside. There's like, I've got so many other little handouts that they gave me. So these are a bunch unru- of tickets un- to the Dianetics movie, which, oh. by the way, have you ever used these? No. Pretty sure if you go in and hand this to them, they just sit you in this like sort of back room that has a single TV and you sit with your friend and you watch it. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that is true. And then they're handing me this uh, personal efficiency. Oh, yeah, they're flyers for this class so I can go get other people, conscript them to take the class as well. A little like survey thing. Yeah, all these things that I can hand out to people. Okay, so then I've got my notes. There's a couple. Let's see. I guess I turned all of these in, but there's little success forms. So after you, you know, take the course or throughout it, you can multiple times write down your successes. Of course, your success stories. This will come into play again. And you turn those in and they collect them and they give you a little checkbox of whether they can publish those or not. Now, you walk in on this first day. Are you feeling nervous or scared at all? A a little nervous because I'm thinking, okay, well, are they going to have Googled me because I give them my name and, and everything. And uh, I definitely showed up early because sometimes, you know, I'll be late. And I was like, for Scientology, I'm always going to be on time. That's going to be my thing. So I was there at like 8.50 for the 9 o'clock class. And so I 
came in. Parking lot was way empty, but boy, does that thing fill up later. They're like mm. double parking and everything. So lucky to get a spot when I did. But uh, yeah, come in and they weren't ready yet. Very clearly, they were like sending someone back to scramble. Like, go oh, no. get the class ready. He's here. And like, oh, if you just wait right here, uh, we will be with you soon. So I went and sat on kind of the left side. Uh, there was a little area amongst all these stacks of same looking books. Just kind of read in my book for a while. I'd started it, but hadn't gotten far. Obviously, it was just the previous night. I thought it was interesting. They were playing Christmas tunes because mm. I've been told that Scientologists don't really celebrate Christmas. I think that's one of the things where they're like, we have no position on it. So if you're into that, that's fine. Okay, yeah. And in Scientology, they keep telling us they are compatible with other religions. Right. So you can be a Buddhist and be a Scientologist. You can be a Christian right. and be a Scientologist. Which the um, self-realization fellowship people told us too that's right and and later on i did see a guy dressed as santa wandering the halls so uh-huh. so yeah clearly it's not verboten i think i met that guy too and he made me eat a brownie at like 8 a.m interesting very strange but all right on. yeah so i'm sitting there next to a christmas tree and listening to the christmas music and reading my book and roger came over and talked to me uh you know, a little bit about the payment system. I don't know why he felt the need to explain this, but he's like, oh, well, uh, we need to process this form. And I I paid 50 bucks for this class and got the book and this little handout. And I got at least like three receipts. And then there were like receipts I had to hand back into them to let them know I'd paid for this. And so then they took that yellow one away, but then they brought me this one like, oh, this means you took it. And and then they handed me like a, a piece of paper to sign. That's when you get a little apprehensive, like, wait, what am I signing? Uh-huh. And they don't give you time to read it. They just kind of like hover over you and like mm-hmm. sign this. I know I have one no, of them. No, I read mine. Remember, you sat next to me. And- oh, yeah. Uh, when, when I've got someone watching me like that, I just really can't focus on reading it, things. It's hard, but <sighs> I've learned to do it. Okay, here we go. I was able to get them to give me one. And every time I would sign one, I would ask them for a duplicate copy. Uh-huh. And only one time did they do it. The other two or three times, they said they would, and then they and never did. Yeah. Sure. And like, uh, oh, man, you have to write your name so many times, and they're constantly having you sign uh-huh. things. And, and initial, like, each leaf. Yeah, and give your feedback. So I have it. See, even now, I just don't want to read this. This looks too boring to me. Sure. But yeah, it just basically it's a, says... It's like three pages of text, though. What did I agree to, Carrie? It says that, like, they're not claiming you'll get anything out of this. Yeah. Yeah. There's these I, weird I disclaimers. That, I understand that no claim is made by the church that a participant in any Scientology service will attain a particular result, nor shall the church be responsible for any such personal opinion or belief expressed or demonstrated of any staff member or agent's as to any particular result or effect due to my participation in Scientology services. Which, I mean, kind of makes sense. If, you're, if your aims are so vague, it would be really tough if people could come back and be like, I don't feel like I have conquered the problems of work. You know, oh, yeah, be, yeah. Right? In the, like, the very first page of the book, and they have this in all their other books too, it says, to the reader, this book is presented in its original form and is part of the religious literature and works of Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard. It is a record of Mr. Hubbard's observations and research into the nature of man and each individual's capabilities as a spiritual being and is not a statement of claims made by the author, publisher, or any church of Scientology. Like, what? What? Yeah, what is it? This is your religious literature. Yeah. Yeah, and yet this isn't a claim? This is true, but it's not true. So, like, don't hold us to any of this. So weird and wishy-washy. But even on the first day, I remember Sarissa was telling me, you get what you get out of Scientology and you believe what you believe and what is true to you. So, uh-huh, right. So, There's a lot of that. Yeah, Scientology seems to be all about helping you become the person that you want to be and mm-hmm. you define that for yourself. As long as we don't dislike it too much. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I therefore agree that I cannot and will not sue in a civil court or seek a jury trial in connection with any dispute, claim, injury, or loss associated with any Church of Scientology or related organization concerning my participation in any introductory services. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like a pretty standard, like, I hold you blameless thing. Gotcha. So I signed that, and then my teacher was ready, and so he came out. Big and tall fellow. Kind of reminds me of Chris Christie a little bit. Oh, okay. The, the New Jersey governor. Just kind of similar build. And a really jovial, sweet guy. His eyes were kind of red the first couple days that I saw him. And the, the other times I saw him, his eyes were pretty red, too. Okay. Less so, but yeah, still pretty uh-huh. red. So I don't know what causes that. But anyways, uh, ha- always had a ready smile on his face and mm-hmm. shook my hand and took me off. Yeah, unlike Roger, he's pretty affable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, ben, I'll call him, is a friendly guy. So we kind of hit it off right away. He took me to a separate room, and I realized, like, oh, you're teaching me the class and it's just me. And Uh you're taking your time. And I'm already doing the calculation. Okay, I spent $50. I got a book that they'll sell me like for 20 bucks by itself. Uh I don't know if that's exact, but you know, it has a cost by itself. And he proceeds to lead me through this class that is, I already recognize material from the books. I'd read enough to like recognize that they'll use L. Ron Hubbard's words almost exactly a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if not, it's very closely based on, you know, the writings itself. And so it's essentially a way of getting through the book by talking a little bit, like he'll introduce some points and he was always reading from a sheet and then watching videos. Okay. And this is the start of the many Scientology videos that we watch. Yes. It seems kind of like you could just read this, but they're making sure you really do read it. Yeah. Yeah. And they offer similar courses where you can like come in and read there and then they have someone there to answer your questions or to clarify things. And so, uh, yeah, these introductory courses are very much that where you're just you're following through the curriculum and and watching the videos that repeat exactly what you've just been told. But yeah, Mm -hmm. reading the book, you get pretty much all the same material. Now, these videos are generally like 10 minutes long each. Uh-huh. And they've got just an endless supply of these videos about everything. Lit with, with lots of light. Yes. Um, everything is bright and clear and sharp. And, you know, it's well shot. Clearly, they have a DP who knows what they're doing. Not super great acting. No, there's quite the variety of acting. Some like really kind of caricatured silly things. You almost want to laugh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think a few times we did. And they, they and use then- those motivational tracks, you know, that you would hear in any kind of corporate video. Like, and then there's a lot of like effects, like someone got an After Effects plugin and just went wild, uh-huh. you know, with like just like <laughs> glittery things like flashing across the screen with a sound effect, like whoosh. Uh-huh. And so lots of voiceovers. Yeah, lots of voiceovers, right? And yeah, they're always just painting these very simplistic situations mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. And, and kind of cartoonish dialogue that just makes you go, like, oh, okay, that's not like any real situation whatsoever. Yeah, like a man and a woman fighting and they're both just like, you always do this. No, I you're hate always you. trying to control me. Well, you don't appreciate me. Just back off. I need some space. Yeah. Just like never specifics to the fight. <laughs> oh, not my guitar. You just threw it out the window. That's when we saw like three yeah, times, I yeah. think, the guitar out the window. It's over. Over. <laughs> <laughs> 
he would play that and uh, and then say, well, did that make sense to you? And he always kind of nodded his head as he said things. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that made sense to me, sure. And so we'd talk about it. He'd uh, ask more questions. And it was funny because I, I think the coursework was designed for a class of, say, you know, 10 people. Sure. And so he would say... <laughs> Any questions? Raise your hand, please. He would say, can you give me an example of a time in your life where you felt disappointed in someone else? Hmm, okay. And, you know, tell an example about like, you know... My son could have done better on his report card or something uh-huh. like that. He's like, that's great. Can you think of another example? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So that was me for... So then you just start making shit up. One and a half hours. One time someone kept asking me questions that I didn't really feel like answering and I was really disappointed in them. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. So, you know, I'm giving him real examples, but then like he would ask me again. I'm like, ah, okay. Oh my God. And yeah, I didn't know what it felt like. Is this this just will become a-, a thing though, them saying or doing the same thing over and over and over. Oh, it's such a thing. It's such a thing. And so yeah, it was, it was very kind of invasive in that sense. I think I felt at first and then I realized oh he's just he's got material for a classroom of people right and i'm the only one here right and he's following the script uh so the problems of work kind of leads you through some of the basics of scientology it is a you know foundational scientology book mm-hmm. so it came after dianetics we'll okay tell you more about that later there's so much to talk about here uh yeah you learn about uh how holding a job is all about knowledge and understanding Oh, sure. So, you know, if you have a problem at work, it's a lack of knowingness. <laughs> I They love to do this where it's like, we're going to boil it down in this one specific way that, yeah, I guess makes sense, but doesn't help me in any way. Right. Uh, this is where I should tell you about <laughs> one that comes to mind when you say that. Start, change, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told me about this. And so to complete anything and to have control over a situation or over an object or anything, you need to be able to start... To make a change and then stop that action. <laughs> and then they like want you to be like, wow, that's right. That was the but, first like, day. You could do that with anything. You could be like, for everything, you have to pivot, reverse, and then upward, <laughs> you know, and then exactly. you could find a way that was true. Uh, so, so he would have me stand up then. He'd say, okay, now I want you to grab that pen. And I'd be going to grab that pen. Oh, sit down now. What? Oh, okay. So I'd sit down now, and they'd be this like, "This is the compliance." Wait, touch. no, stand up. And he's like, "And and read this out loud." And then he gave me some other conflicting things. Like, now, why was that frustrating? <laughs> I said, "Oh, well, because you know you're telling me to do all these things that I didn't have time to complete." Any of. He said, "That's right. <laughs> you need to be able to start." And then change and then stop or you'll yeah. be unresolved. And a lot of frustrations come out of things that you started but never stopped. Okay, yeah, no, true. Or you started and stopped but weren't able to make a change or have an effect. That was one that really struck me as like, okay, this is how obvious can you get? This, <laughs> yeah. this is really insightful. Oh, my God. It's so funny because I'd already been given the course the day before by Sarissa. She walked me through all these points. But he did a better and more thorough job, I would say. Uh, Obviously, he was following the curriculum. This does remind me of something, though, that Drew, my boyfriend, has mentioned before, that there are some people who, like, if they're just kind of floundering in life, having trouble, that maybe just being able to conceptualize it in this one system and trust this one thing Mm -hmm. probably does help. You need a framework by which to make sense of the world. And yeah, I think this could 
provide that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of talk in L. Ron Hubbard's work about sanity. He kept saying, like, oh, mm. this will drive a man insane. Uh-huh, there's uh-huh. a lot of insane people yeah, out there. Yeah, and he's really obsessed with, like, the concept of psychiatry and psychology and psychiatric drugs and mental hospitals, the whole mental health field. Yeah, that's a whole other story, which, again, we'll get to. This is a setup that kind of bothered me because they teach you about the cycle of action the uh-huh. being start, change, and stop. And then they tell you the cycle of action of life is creation, survival, and destruction. Yeah, fine. Okay. All right. So there's three pictures of a guy starting. He starts walking, changing. He's walking and stopping. He's no longer Dear walking. God. <laughs> and then there's three of a house being built. So first the house is just the frame. Creation. Then the whole thing, it looks real pretty. And Survival. then a decrepit, vacant house. Dilapidated house, destruction. Okay, just remember that. Creation, survival, destruction. Yeah, I remembered that before I learned it. But it'll come into play later. Okay. So you learn that. Really helpful. Thank you. Um, you, <laughs> you learn that life is a game. Okay, fine. There's a, sure. lot of, there's a lot of emphasis on that. I'm doing to, with you, I'm already starting to do the thing that later on, I would just learn to do, which is just like, just accept it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Nope. Got it. I did that hour and a half and I really had to enforce like, I need to leave at this time. I need right. to leave at 1030. I'm getting a leg amputated. I have to be at the next thing. <laughs> and so then they wanted me to come back that same day. So uh-huh. I went and did my thing, big social event. And then I came right back Jesus. for the next, it was going to be the next hour uh-huh. and the course was supposed to be done i did another hour and a half still wasn't done wait a minute i had to come back again the following night and complete the course so how long did it take so i came back on monday night so the two and a half hour course took me five hours mm, that's double ross and every single time be it sunday morning sunday afternoon or monday at night not only was Ben still there to teach me, Ugh. and it was whenever, like at my beck and call, I we started texting, and that's oh, another man. thing. Like he started texting me. Yes, with, yes, they love texting. Without ever saying like, "Hey, is it okay if we text you?" No, right. they just they like texting, and they have your mobile number. And so anytime I would be like, "You know what? I could come by at this time." Great! Immediately, see you then. Yeah. Oh wow, you really don't have anything else lined up. Yep. Okay, so he was just at my beck and call anytime. So he spent twice the amount of normal time and I'm thinking man I'm getting a lot of bang for my buck here wow 50 bucks and there's a lot of housing like right around that that's just for Scientology people so you have to wonder if he was just you know yeah it seems a lot of the Sea Org lived there Mm -hmm. and there were a number of people who told me that they did live in the housing so I I believe so actually he's from San Francisco I learned and so he was there at the LA Org because they're one of the ideal orgs right uh, that all the other places can kind of go to to study and so that they can take those practices back to their orgs right. and and then help them become ideal. We heard that also from someone from Oregon, from Portland, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I met another one from San Diego, and okay. you could tell they had different color like on their vests. They uh-huh. had a different like piping color, this oh, okay. thin line of thread, and so all the LA org people had the silver uh-huh. uh, kind of edge to their vests. Oh, okay. Uh, whereas, you know, like someone from San Francisco would have I don't know, copper Rainbow. or something like that. <laughs> right. Oh, hey, that all was... the gays. Hey. Yeah. That'd be appropriate. Oh, we'll talk about the gays later, oh, too. Boy. Oh, there's so much. Okay, there's anyway. so much, you guys, and some of it's upsetting. <laughs> so, but you uh, know what's not upsetting? A Maximum Fun Show. Another Maximum Fun Show, not ours, but maybe this one? I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the podcast One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Parenthood. It turns out it is very difficult, but we all get up every day and do it again. It's like the sign says. 
you're going through hell, keep going. So join us each week as we strive for less judging and more laughing. Find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts when your children aren't around. Anyway, what were you going to say? Life is a game. Any job is a game. And a game consists of freedom, barriers, and purposes. Sure. So that's another one of these okay. things. And so yep. they, yeah, they give a bunch of examples. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, this whole idea that if like a tool of yours is not working well, uh-huh. you need to touch it uh-huh. and then let go and then touch it again uh-huh. and then let go and touch it again. And guess what comes next? You let go. <laughs> and it, you just keep doing this over and over until you build affinity with the tool. Ah. Ah, which leads us to a very important concept in Scientology. But I, I love the video of a guy just standing there. He had like paintbrushes and he's just sitting there like next to the table. His hand reaches out, hand comes back, hand reaches out, touches the brushes, comes back. <laughs> And you have to wonder what was happening just before. Why does he hate those brushes so much that he needs to do this? He's got a painter's block, I guess. Yeah. All right. So here's a very important and integral part of Scientology that we heard about a number of times and I think is actually kind of helpful. Okay. And that is the ARC, the ARC triangle. triangle. Oh, you think that's helpful? Okay. I oh, think it, oh I, there's an element that I can see being yeah, helpful. Yeah, I think it okay. can be helpful. Okay. So the Scientology logo itself looks like an S- with a triangle yeah very and then another triangle yeah a very fancy s and sometimes a cross kind of a calligraphic one yeah yeah they do have their scientology cross in the, the logo itself there's two triangles right. and so the first of these is the arc triangle yes. and that stands for affinity reality reality communication. communication that's right now later on we'll learn that actually it's supposed to be rca but they still never correct it the a is your affinity so affinity is likingness yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Way to use like the zombie noun because uh-huh. they're all about that. I actually liked uh, this way of saying it that affinity is like how close you want to be to something. Uh-huh. And so if you want to get away from something, that's low affinity. If you mm-hmm. like, you'd be happy to occupy the same space with something, that's super high affinity. Okay. Uh, reality, that's a shared understanding mm-hmm. about the world. Right. So it's things that we agree upon right. that are true. Hey, we both like Indian food. We do. Something that's we share. shared reality. Shared reality. Uh, and someone who like doesn't have a shared reality with nearly anyone would be like a schizophrenic person. Right. They've got a reality that's only theirs. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and that kind of makes sense. I think they take it to a level where like you're actually constructing reality Uh by the things you believe. Right. That's the one I maybe have the hardest time with. And then the third one is communication Mm -hmm. and just some way of sharing messages with each other. And then they get into a whole other explanation thing where, oh, like you have to have a terminal and you have to, you, you, if you, (laughs) Carrie's shaking her head slowly. (laughs) If you want to communicate, you have to intend to send that communication and they have to receive it. It's like, sure, Mm -hmm. let's break that thing down farther. (laughs) Why not? Uh, and it, by intention, we mean. I, I like the ARC triangle. I think that's actually a helpful thing to remember. I was He was telling me to like kind of play that out in my mind as I was talking with people later. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, the, it's useful. The thing that does strike me as useful about that is something that I learned actually in media training when I worked for a nonprofit, which is if you want to have a good interview, start it off with something you both agree about. Yeah. If I had to call a radio show, let's say, and this is when I worked in animal rights. So let's say I had to call a radio show in a town that was going to have a rodeo. Mm-hmm. But I also know that the town's having a big football game. Then look up the football game, say something about like, oh, are you really excited for the big game? I saw that this mm. people's playing this people. And then they're like, oh, you know, like she 
gets this other thing about us right. instead of just she's that woman from the animal rights. And, and there's so many other ways, other filters you could install on top of this. You could say, it's all about personhood. You know, you need to uh-huh. establish that you are another human being. Yep. Yeah, you could do it any way you want. Another wanted. way to describe the exact same situation. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think it could be helpful. Sure. All right. I'm in on the ARC triangle. I'm not that impressed, but... Well, fine, Carrie. Jeez. What more do you want? Um... <laughs> Then, oh goodness. I want a bridge. Uh, next, we learned about the tone scale. Yes, the tone scale. Okay. Oh, that sounds great. I love the tone scale. You're high up the tone scale. Oh, thank you. I'd call that <laughs> enthusiasm. Cool. And so uh, you get again these illustrations, and this looks like something straight out of a Jack Chick track. Yeah, Chick track. So these are the, the different emotions that you can have. And these are all the ones that are presented. Body death at the bottom. Okay. And That's I, a I, woman on her back. I clarified multiple times. Oh, so you're like, you're actually dead. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that's a zero. There's yeah, nu- sure. There's numeric values. Makes sense, except Alron Hubbard's dead, but okay. And it crisscrosses, uh, you know, back and forth as it goes up here. Then there comes apathy. Uh-huh. And then grief. We've got little black and white illustrations for each one. They look like woodcuts. Fear. Anger antagonism and that's where with sarissa the day before she showed me this and i said oh that's just like what yoda says in the prequels he says fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering uh, but in this case fear leads to anger anger leads to antagonism uh, close enough and she had no idea what i was talking about uh but uh, <laughs> then antagonism leads to boredom uh, then to enthusiasm and then to serenity that's four serenity now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a 4.0 on the scale. So that that's what was presented, like all the way from body death to serenity. Uh, hey, that's good. Then all the examples they ever gave afterwards gave enthusiasm as like the top. Oh, I was like, uh-huh. well, what I was about just serenity? I that because I've been reading Dianetics. And in that, Alron Hubbard says like the highest state anyone can achieve when they're happy is laughter. If you're like hmm. really mm-hmm. gotten through something, you'll laugh about it. But then, like, everyone I've met at Scientology, with a couple of exceptions, Ben being one, Uh everyone else is just so, like, robotic. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's interesting because that's similar to the Self-Realization Fellowship where they they have all this emphasis on happiness. smiling and happiness. And yet they're all so somber. Yeah, 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 yeah. So similar thing in Scientology. But but in, I will say, in Self-Realization, it comes off a little less creepy. It's more just Hmm. like, cheer up, man. And in this, I'm more just like, why are you acting like a weird robot? What I, I want you all to do is stick a pin in the tone scale from zero body death to four serenity. Wait, stick a pin in it? Oh, like hold remember, that thought? Yeah, remember okay. that. Got it. Ross, I want to hear so much more. Oh, there's so much more to there's say. so much more, guys. Just like as a little taste, you're going to hear about me going to their exclusive New Year's party. Me taking the next course, which is the Fundamentals of Thought. Us taking, yes, we did it, a Dianetics seminar where we learned to audit. And got our certificates. Oh, co-auditing, yes. And more and more and more. But Lots more to come. You're going to have to listen to, who knows, parts two, three, four, six, I don't know. So you all asked for Scientology. I hope you are excited. We gave it to you. And ready to hear a lot more about Scientology because boy do we have it for you. And this is <laughs> not a bad time to donate if you're interested. Yeah, we could always use your support at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. But I mean, we maybe could especially use it because who knows? 
Who knows? Our show is produced and co-edited by Ian Kramer. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. You can visit us on the web at MaximumFun.org or on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash OnRack, O-N-R-A-C. Head on over to iTunes. Leave us a review there. Tell everybody else how much you love the show. Or say that we're suppressive persons. Whatever suits you. And remember, from the creed of the Church of Scientology, that all men have inalienable rights to think freely, to talk freely, to write freely their own opinions, and to counter or utter or write upon the opinions of others. Phew! Thanks, Elrond. <laughs>I'm Barbara Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Barker. Together, we make up the Max Fun Podcast, Lady to Lady. Each week, we welcome a kick-ass lady guest. We talk about our lives, our dreams, and the terrible decisions we've made that still haunt us. Mm-hmm. We've had on great comedians like Aisha Tyler and Margaret Tro, plus screenwriters, doctors, authors, you know, anyone who's willing to be as open as we are. It's all a lot of fun. That's us, Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.